Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, June 4th. I'm Ryan Delaney, sitting in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead, the coronavirus pandemic delivered a big blow to artists as shows and exhibits shut down. Two St. Louis curators are exploring how a difficult year inspired Black artists. We just thought it would be the responsibility of the Black speculative arts movement to chronicle for uh, future curators and scholars, you know, what was on our mind and what we were thinking about at the time during the pandemic. St. Louis curators have gathered paintings, poems, and more for an online exhibit. That's coming up, but first, the news. Neil Richardson is the new executive director of the St. Louis Development Corporation. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, his top priority is economic justice. Neil Richardson has been working in economic and community development for more than a decade at U.S. Bank and is a co-founder at the nonprofit Dream Builders for Equity. He says the city must focus its economic development efforts on improving the city's struggling north side. Richardson plans to focus on four key areas, workforce development, business empowerment, equitable real estate development, and neighborhood revitalization. He says his biggest challenge will be bringing people from across the region together with a shared vision. But in order to do that, we must do it with the focus on economic justice and addressing those historical barriers and gaps that have prevented everyone to have a seat at the table. Richardson will replace Otis Williams, who is retiring later this month. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. A Republican lawmaker doesn't believe his colleague should return to Jefferson City to deal with election-related items. Some GOP officials, like Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, want legislators to go into special session to revive Missouri's government-issued photo identification requirement to vote. He also wants to boost the threshold to pass constitutional amendments from a simple majority to two-thirds. Republican State Representative Jason Chipman of Steelville says he doesn't disagree with the policy proposals, but added he doesn't think a special session is necessary. So many things get held on to until the last couple of weeks as leverage for something that somebody else wants. And it's a shame because there's so many good things that we pass over to the Senate, that the Senate can pass over to us in the first couple of months that we should be able to knock out because it's good policy. You can hear more from Chipman's appearance on Politically Speaking by going to stlpr.org. The Muni will abandon plans to limit capacity when it reopens its doors to audiences in July. That means up to 11,000 people could be in attendance each night. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, that could help the theater avoid a multi-million dollar deficit. Theater leaders had planned to go forward this summer with socially distanced patrons and a limit on audience size. Because new coronavirus cases have declined in the region, the theater announced it will make all of its seats available for each show. Managing Director Kofi Coleman says the theater was willing to take a financial hit in order to welcome audiences back to the theater. But with the opportunity for full houses, he says, the Muni now has a shot at breaking even this season. It's something more than icing on the cake. It's a great feeling. Optimism and hope has been absent for a while, and it's really, really great to welcome those two feelings back. The Muni is the largest theater in the region. It will mount a five-show season beginning in late July. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. St. Louis Public Radio.
The coronavirus pandemic drastically affected arts institutions. Many shut down and lost money. Now, some black curators are documenting how the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement affected black artists and their work. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, that's the message behind Curating the End of the World, an online exhibit curated by St. Louis organizers. At the beginning of the pandemic last spring, Ronaldo Anderson feared the worst. Anderson is associate professor of communication studies at Harris-Stowe State University. He thought many black people would die during the pandemic and that an unequal health care system would exacerbate the community's pain. He knew he wanted to document those experiences through art. I just kind of forecasted based upon what I was seeing as these existential threats like uh, plague, systemic racism, crashing economy, all those things together. I said, yeah, I guess for some people, this is going to probably feel like the end of the world. Anderson started working with New York Live Arts, an organization that focuses on elevating the human spirit. The result is Curating the End of the World and Red Spring, an online exhibit that launched this spring. It features the work of more than 50 black singers, poets, painters, and others. Anderson says the exhibit show how a traumatic year inspired artists to reflect on what happened to black people during the pandemic and the movement for black lives. Curating the end of the world, Red Spring, which is going to document the social revolution that has been taking place since the killing of George Floyd in the context of the pandemic and how this became a worldwide movement. Black Lives Matter. She swam a few hours. She murked from the morning after. A pill to kill the future. We left the wound wounded. Go and tell Pro, make sure we grew up. That's the song Tommy Gun from Memphis rapper Yassin Allah. It focuses on police brutality and is one of the pieces submitted by artists from around the world, many of them associated with the black speculative arts movement. Anderson co-founded the movement in 2015 as a traveling celebration of black films, music, graphic design, and poetry. Anderson says the Red Spring exhibit includes black artists from Africa, the Caribbean, and Europe. Their work touches on how the pandemic has affected themselves, their families, and other loved ones. Many of the pieces explore police brutality and systemic racism. Others spring from Afrofuturism, a movement that combines black society with technology and African culture. Daisha Polk is a St. Louis poet and co-curator for Red Spring. She says many artists submitted works of horror and science fiction. She says those submissions reflect the trauma Black people disproportionately faced this past year. In some ways, the current climate has had its placement in a lot of the submissions from there being this kind of very, I guess, apocalyptic feel. Red Spring also includes works that reflect on African and African-American history and ancestral memories. St. Louis visual artist and writer Taylor Deed submitted a written piece and several paintings. Deed is 26. She says she wanted the piece to reflect the origins of creation and the nature of blackness and that black struggle isn't always solely rooted in pain. Struggle doesn't inherently mean um, pain and suffering. The way that a lotus comes up from the ground or, you know, things grow, it's a struggle you push through, um, but it doesn't have to be, we don't have to have pain as a, pain and suffering as a pillar. 
That's something Anderson also wants people to take away next year from Red Spring New Horizons. That version will focus on the aftermath of the pandemic and what comes next. But on the other side of this thing, there are going to be some people that you thought were significant before the pandemic and after the pandemic, there'll be some unknowns that are going to really be making a name for themselves artistically and creatively that, uh, that I can see now that are going to be emerging. Anderson says he's excited to see so many black artists emerge from this pandemic and for the world to see the work they're creating. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. Our executive editor is Shula Newman. Keep up with the news throughout the day at stlpr.org or follow the newsroom on Twitter at STL Public Radio. Our music is by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. And one more note before we go. St. Louis Public Radio is looking into racially restricted covenants and deeds in the St. Louis region. In the early to mid-1900s, white homeowners and realtors commonly used these tools to keep black people out of certain neighborhoods. If you live in an old home, check your records. They may have clues that could help inform our reporting. Look through your real estate documents for restrictions on who can own it and live there. You can find more information on how to share those documents and your stories with us on our website, stlpr.org slash housing discrimination. I'm Ryan Delaney, and from the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Have a great weekend. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.